3: Add
2: time. Hey guys, so as you may know, Sierra and I use uh, Anchor to record our podcast. It's really the easiest way to make a podcast. First of all, it's free. They also provide you with creation tools, which allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your cell phone
3: or computer. Anchor will also distribute your podcast for you, so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many more. The best part is that you can also make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. Just make sure you download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. Hey, everyone. I'm your co-host, Sierra, and welcome to Making Sense of Success, a podcast dedicated to finding the meaning of success and empowerment. Stay tuned every Saturday for new episodes. Find us on Instagram at makingsenseofsuccess.pod. Feel free to email us at makingsenseofsuccess at gmod.com if you would be interested in sharing your stories of success and empowerment. Enjoy the episode. Um, We have two of our youngest guests today. Um, If you guys wanted to uh, take turns introducing yourselves right now, that would be awesome. Give the listeners a little background information about yourselves. Um, So
1: I'm Shami. Um, I am currently a senior in high school. Um, I'm going to the University of Ottawa to study um, Commerce and Juris Doctor. Um... I am a singer yeah that's pretty much it
4: awesome <laughs> hi I'm Paula, and I am going to study biomedical sciences at Ottawa U I'm currently 17 and I'm also a national trampolinist
2: pretty cool some pretty mm-hmm. cool stuff we got going on here so When we start our podcast, we like to kind of uh, give our listeners a little feel of what our guests' thoughts are. So we'll start off with one of uh, the bigger questions, which is, what's the best piece of advice you've ever received or given?
4: Uh, Well, I think for me, it came from my mom. Um, We actually had a conversation when I was about maybe six or seven years old, and um, I was really stressed about something that seems probably really small now but uh she told me you do the best that you can do and that's the best that you can do and that's something that's stuck with me my whole life because I've always been a perfectionist and an over- overachiever so having that voice in the back of my head of the best you can do is the best you can do helped me kind of know when to stop and um know that not everything's going to turn out the way you want it to but you tried your best and that's all that counts
1: um for me I think the best piece of advice that I've ever uh, received was from my dad um and it was just um when I was really young I used to have like issues at school with like bullying and like I would have to like it sounds really dumb now but like change myself um to like fit the standards of other people so he told me um be yourself and if they don't like it they weren't worth it in the first place and that goes for like relationships and like friendships and that has always stuck with me throughout um high school especially just because there's pressures from everywhere to be um what everyone expects and so that has always been sort of like a philosophy of mine just like if like you're yourself like if I'm myself somebody will accept me and I wouldn't I shouldn't have to change myself to fit anybody else's standards. So that's the best advice I've gotten.
3: I think that's like really important now because who has time, who has the time to care about what anybody doesn't like about you? Yeah. And if they want to hate follow, like, go ahead. Like I'm doing me, you're doing you. You Just got to like be yourself and amazing. And it's super important to remember that now because as things start to open up again, we, were like, depending on where you are, like, in America, I'm back at work, like, Wednesday. I'm about to be around tons of people on Wednesday in Canada. It's not the same. And you just remember, like, you didn't see these people for so long. They don't really know a lot about you anymore. And it's okay if you have changed. And it's okay to develop and change your perspective on things. And it's that's, that's really cute. It's really cute. and then
2: the second larger question we have is what does success mean to you Um,
4: I think for me um, success isn't really defined by anything physical I think it's just being proud of your accomplishments uh, personally and um, I know that I'm proud of what I've done throughout high school and I can look back on that and reflect and know that I'm happy where I've come and it doesn't matter who else or like what anyone else has to say about it because I know that I'm proud of my accomplishments
1: yeah for me um it's actually really similar to Paula's um for me success isn't really defined by like money or um material things I think for me it's just being happy and just knowing that you've done your best and you were yourself and you stayed true to yourself and it's like a place where you are content with what you've done um, and like content with where you are. And I'm um, just working on like the next step. So that to me is success, just being content with where you are.
3: You guys are so young and it's so cute to see so many like broad wisdom. I'm like, you guys are feeling my day of greatness. I'm going to change my whole life now. Be nice. <laughs> that was like my main question um pretty much like what did you guys want to express your feelings about today yeah like, like from what, your
2: perspectives what do you want to put out like i don't know if put out there today but like
3: um let talk about just yeah conversate um, like so much conversate. is going <laughs> on literally mood
2: <laughs> literal mood uh I was just going to give a general like disclaimer to the listeners that um, today we're going to be talking about a more touchy subject, I'd say. Um, with personal experiences and everything going on in the world right now, we thought it would be really important to bring this up um, during this time just to bring awareness to these issues and that they do go on in communities that you wouldn't really expect them to normally. And yeah, we thought it'd be important to shed light on this.
4: Well, I guess from, like, a Canadian point of view, um, if you have listeners from all o- all around the world, especially in the United States, I think the expectations are very different. Like, um, in a way of that, right now, the whole Black Lives Matter movement is very prominent in the United States, and I don't think there's much coverage on Canada anywhere else than in Canada. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think... Um, that a stereotype of Canadians is that we're very polite and there's always like the whole thing of we say sorry and whatever but these racial issues still happen here and I think that's something not really talked about um, outside of Canada um, about Canada because we're kind of that stereotype of we're all really nice people but racial profiling still does happen here and that's a big issue that I don't think we really discuss a lot outside of the US I guess um because it is so prominent there too but it's also prominent in other places as well.
1: Yeah, um I agree with Paula. I think um Canadians I well I think Americans are very like open about their racism and their racial profiling whereas in Canada it's a lot more subtle. Um sometimes it's like backhanded compliments or um like really like subtle like comments and you like it's almost like you have to ask yourself twice like oh was that racist whereas in America it's like I think it's more um obvious so like um I think a lot of people say like oh I'm, a lot of people who live in Canada say like oh I'm glad we live in Canada but we're not really innocent in the whole thing I think we're just a little bit more polite and subtle about it whereas America or uh, in the U S they're more um, just like open and like blatant about their racism.
3: And I I'll think tell it's very blatant.
2: Yeah. Well, yeah. here, <laughs> <laughs> And I think it's kind of ironic with Canada because we're, I guess I think through our, like as Canadians and also around the world, we're known to be like so multicultural and accepting. I think that's really what we're known for. But in the reality of it is I don't think we should be really like known for necessarily being multicultural. That should be something that like everywhere should be proud of. And like, it should just be a general thought. It shouldn't have to be a characteristic of somewhere. Um, And yeah, just like you were both saying, we're so known for being so polite and everything, but there are um, racialized issues that still go on in Canada and racial discrimination that still needs to be brought to light and people need to be held accountable for that. So that we can make effective change moving forward.
3: Is there an experience either of you wanted to talk about today that has either helped you for the positive or the negative to, well, hopefully the positive, um, to really just like navigate where you want to go for your future? It's okay if not. Future is also a really big word. You guys are still in high, <laughs> school. I'm still in high school. So if it's okay if future is like a year. I promise you.
1: Um, um for me, I think for me uh the experiences that I had um have really shaped and have like really made me proud of who I am today and like the color of my skin and the culture that i um like that i own um a lot of the time a lot of the experiences I had were in elementary school and middle school um I was always um I went to a predominantly white elementary school. So I was always um, sort of seen as like always different and not in the way that like I'd want to be. Like I was always seen as the black girl, which I mean, that's what I am. But like I I was always seen as like um, different in the sense that like, oh, my protective like hairstyles weren't accepted. Like I was expected to have like pin straight hair. Like that's just not who I was. And then because of that, in middle school, I straightened my hair a lot. And that carried over into high school. Uh, I unconsciously did it. I I thought that I was just like, oh, I like it. But now that I think about it, it was because of like, I was subconsciously doing it because it was drilled into me so much. So like now, um, I feel like I'm a lot more confident in like, who I am and in the sense that like yes I'm a black woman and yes I like I'm not I don't have pin straight hair I have curly hair and like I need to do protective hairstyles and I'm not I'm less ashamed of it now and like the advice that I've gotten from my dad like if I can only be myself and that's the only person that I can be so those experiences that I had really shaped me into like feeling good about myself and like empowered to just be myself and if like you can't accept it then that's not my fault Um, For
4: me, I think the main issue um, for me personally was throughout middle school because um, our middle school is a junior high, so it has middle school and high school. Um, And our high school is mainly black and white. It's predominantly still white, but the two racial groups are black and white. So I always felt like I didn't really fit into any big group there. Um, I think in our graduating class, there's maybe four or five Latinx people in our graduating class. So um, Mm -hmm. I never felt like part of a community in a sense. Um, I always felt like I was on my own uh, racially. So um, no one really understood where I was coming from. And um, I got called different names because nobody really other than me and, like, these three other kids came from Latin American countries, so nobody really knew much about it, Um, and because of that, I have different morals, and I was raised differently, and I never really fully saw eye-to-eye with anyone, so it was hard for me growing up, especially um, having only white friends uh, in middle school. I didn't really know who to talk to about certain situations because we just didn't see eye-to-eye on different subjects. So I think that was the main issue. But um growing up now, I have friends that I can talk to about anything and they're able to maybe not completely agree with me, but they're able to understand and they listen to my point of view. So I'm glad that
3: I was able to find them. You guys make me want to cry. <laughs> I don't know if I, I have like one friend like that. So <laughs> you guys are amazing. You guys already have a big That I one friend you. go that one friend. <laughs> Honestly, but
2: it's true that like there, there's only like a select amount of people though in your life, I feel like that you'll have that connection with. So like, whether it be one people, three people, if you're lucky, 10 people, Mm -hmm. but like, I think it's valuable to recognize that though, even if it is just that one friend. Um, But yeah, I can definitely relate to what Paola is saying as, yeah, um, three out of the four of us here actually went to the same high school um, or junior high, as you call it. Um, but yeah, and I, I had similar experiences to Paula's experiences, which is kind of funny thinking because I'm a solid amount older, about four years older than her. Um, so these issues aren't brand new and we know that, um, however, I think they have been, maybe that's just my perspective, but they have been brought more to light for your group rather than mine, uh, my age group. Cause I found for me, a lot of the time I was labeled as Mexican. Whereas I have a Chilean background. Um, but it would be a lot of things what my close friends would ask me, Oh, do I speak Mexican? Oh, that I'm Mexican. And I was looking back at messages recently, just in light of all this, um, these injustices that have been happening and, um, all these racialized and discrimination issues that have come up. And I realized that, For one of these like challenges for high school, um, I was made to dress up as Dora and go. I completely forgot about this because I probably just blocked it out of my head. But I was made to dress up as Dora and go down into the halls and like yell, swipe or no swiping, like the most stereotypical thing. And I just I read that and I was like, oh, my God, I don't even remember this. But like, that's so bad. I just I couldn't even like believe it. (laughs) But yeah, maybe, would you guys mind telling us about maybe how, how do I say it? How you, how, like, maybe more issues are brought to, like, light for your generation. Do you feel that? Do you feel that that's happened throughout the last, like,
4: um,
2: maybe four years that you've
4: been in high school? I don't think I would have noticed it mm. if you weren't my older sister. Really? Um, No. I think just because, like, I don't know if you can relate on this, but Shammy's the older sister out of we like, love that chamois <laughs> like Ooh. Shammy has an older brother yeah. but you're like the older sister right so i guess with um like um feminism it's more new right so um i don't think i would have noticed that back when you were in high school it was even worse than how it is now like you were talking about how you had a group chat named do you want to yeah
2: um (laughs) so for this challenge in high school the um when this certain like group it was like kind of an auction they buy you for like your 12th grade to like do stuff for them the next day like a group of people it's i don't think they do it anymore at the high school but i didn't even realize the group chat was named slavery that they had us in Yeah. yeah so super controversial especially nowadays but I think, as you were saying too, I don't even think I realized I was being racially profiled or discriminated against with all that.
4: And that wouldn't fly like now, I don't think. And that was like normal. Like nobody saw anything bad. With no that. one said anything. Um, mm-hmm. So I think now, if that happened, those people, like if it was ever found out, would be completely canceled.
0: canceled. <laughs> yeah, canceled.
1: Canceled. That's, the, that's the word it's that I would label.
3: <laughs> I have either been too blind to, like, recognize any, like, racial profiling because, like, my background is, like, definitely, like, Mexican and Spanish and, like, a little bit of German. So I'm not really too sure what I would technically, like, label myself as um, just because, like, that's – it's really hard to, like, label yourself if you really don't know what's going on. You know Mm -hmm. what I mean? Mm -hmm. So I guess I never really – have noticed if any injustices like have happened to me personally out of like what's the word cynicalness Mm -hmm. senileness Mm -hmm. um i don't know but um just bad (laughs) something bad bad. out of like rudeness meanness out of like hatred um so i i wish i could like have a story to talk about of, like, a time when I have experienced that so I could, like, feel like I was on the same page. If I could, like, sympathize. Like, I sympathize, but mm-hmm. I just don't know. Like, yeah. I don't know. You know what I mean? It's kind of like the times now. It's like not all of us know what it's like to be, like, judged for one certain thing. Like, liking mm-hmm. goldfish but not liking cheez You know, some people like goldfish, some people like Cheez-Its. I like goldfish, you know. She's a goldfish person. But I'm a goldfish person. And I just think of, like, I've only had, like, one ally to be on my side. Like, depending on what it is. Like, my best friend, she had done, like, all of the typical, like, heritage things. I don't know how to talk Mm -hmm. about this, guys. I'm really sure. It's shocked. okay. Like, just go to for it. Race. It's weird for me to talk about this. It's a touchy to subject. It can be a really yeah. like big touchy subject. Yeah. Like I've never talked about my race in general. Like people ask me like, what's your ethnicity? Are you Asian? Are you Mexican? Like I'm all of it. <laughs> I'm all of it. Like, actually, okay. I will tell this story. It's actually okay. really, really funny. Yeah, go so, for growing it. Up, <laughs> growing up, um, my eyes were like, a little more almond-shaped than, like, most. So I had, like, really, really almond-shaped eyes. Um, and they are like, a little squinty. And my skin was, like, a little bit darker. And my hair was a lot darker as well. And my best friend and I had this, like, I don't know. Actually, I don't know if it's racist. I'm so eddy. Um But the joke was, was that, like, my best friend would tell me it looked, like, part noodle, part tamale, and, like, part, like, bread. I don't even know how to take that.
1: Like, I don't know. Like, my,
3: it was so funny. Like, because I had, like, different parts of, like, my family. And, like, I really, like, was close to my stepdad's. And he was Italian, too. So I was like, mm. oh, yeah, I'm also Italian. Like, I'm so cool. I'm spaghetti. My favorite dish. <laughs> I don't know, guys. It's really hard
2: subject. It's, like, weird, though, right? Because it's, like, where do you, like, also draw the line with identity and then being racist? when Like, someone being racist, Right. Like, it's – mm-hmm. in a situation like that, it's kind of tough. Um, I don't know. I think, like, in those cases, right, like, I don't think it came from a place of hatred from your friend. Yeah. Whereas, like, for me, I had, like, a similar experience with that. But it was like, with taco. That Do I like tacos? Because I must be Mexican, right? Whereas, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. That, like, you can kind of tell that's not, like, the nicest yeah. way to put it. Definitely. Mm-hmm.
3: So it's, like, different, you know? Yeah, I totally understand. I just – I'm so sorry guys. You're literally so fine. It's, like, <laughs> it's okay. I don't even know what's going on. Like me. I've just never talked about this literally in my whole life with absolutely anybody. Like this whole topic of like race and like ethnicity and all of that, like all of that stuff is like so, so difficult to talk about. It if is if you weren't raised in it. Like mm-hmm purposely or unpurposely like it's just so hard and I'm definitely like I grew up in a white neighborhood I grew up in a white area I went to like the white schools and like so I don't know no one ever talked about like oh there was like a black kid in school like no one just referred to him as like the black kid in school people like were really really inclusive which like definitely that's nice, isn't though. that's yeah. good yeah <laughs> which is like definitely not like the huge. But that's how it was growing up. So, like, it's really hard to talk about all of it and see it as, like, a form of, like, an issue right here when you were, like, not – when that wasn't, like, needed to be talked about. Mm -hmm. It's not making sense in my mind, but I'm really just trying to talk (laughs) because it's a podcast. (laughs) We're all just trying to figure it out. Well, I have a question for the both of you guys. Do you – think you guys are going to carry out this topic of talking about race and racial profiling, you could say, right? Is that what, is that what the yeah. word is? Yeah. racial, racial profiling um, towards, like, other topics. Like, say, like, you were to do a paper. I know you guys are definitely doing, like, pretty cool things in college. So you guys have very worldly aspects. Um Do you think you guys are going to take that racial, like, profiling conversation into your majors and into the classroom
1: when possible I mean personally I think so because I it's it's such a big issue now and I feel like it's it's always been an issue where like um minorities are seen differently than white people and I I just feel like it shouldn't be that way I feel like we should all be like equal and we should all like, I don't know what the word is, but, like, we should all, like, have the same opportunities and stuff, so I feel like it is a hard conversation to have, but, like, it has to be had. I feel like it's a conversation that has to be had, and so I personally would bring it into, like, university and into my major and stuff, because it's an issue that needs to be talked about, and, like, we're, this is gonna sound cheesy, but we're, like, the future of, like, Canada. Or like we're the future leaders of our world so like it if we really want to make a change those conversations had have to be had and like they weren't really had in high school unless you had like a solid group of friends like I know pal and I talk about these things um and so yeah I would definitely bring it into the into post-secondary just because I know it still happens and it's an issue and it needs to be resolved and so yeah the conversation has to be had
4: I think for me, um, I want to become a doctor. That's my goal moving forward. So in pre-med, I don't really know how I would really have a conversation about race, I guess. Mm. Um, but I think if I do become a doctor, um, especially in Canada, since it's free health care, it's easier, I guess, to um, get need or get help when you need it um compared to the united states whereas when people don't have as much money they're not able to get things that they need or they have to kind of compromise um different things for it um so i think just being a doctor and being a person of color i know that i'd want to be able to help people equally no matter what no matter what race no matter what um culture, religion, whatever it is, because there are doctors out there that refuse to help people because of their religion and they or their race. Um, so I know that I would definitely be inclusive and I would want to help someone no matter what because that's what I'm going into it for. Uh, I want to be able to help everyone, no matter race, culture, religion, anything. So, yeah. And I think... That
2: you guys will be able to, because I've seen this. Um, I think it's a petition going around to um, have a mandatory um, class about racism within each degree. Doesn't matter which degree it is. Um, yeah, like a universal class about racism to address like racial issues um, mm-hmm. throughout like your batch or any degree. I think it is actually so that's like something you can (laughs) help with. If anyone's interested, I'll definitely link uh, the petition, I believe it is down below. Um, But yeah, that's definitely something moving forward, I think that will be necessary to allow for meaningful change.
3: I think a lot of like, yeah, like a lot of people's lives start in college. You know what I mean? Like, people blossom. You leave your home for the first time. Some people leave their homes for the first time completely away from home. And I think it is so important to have a class like that, especially if, like, you grew up, like, in somewhere that doesn't talk about it. Like, my neighborhood, per se. Like, literally an example. Like, I probably would be so much more comfortable talking about this if I had a class like that telling me what my part is and what happened like the truth what's okay to say what's not okay to say how to go around this and that would be so helpful wish i had that it's and kind of, of like mm-hmm. yeah, yeah yeah go ahead I was gonna no it's to okay <laughs> no Damn. do your analogy i'm ready it's kind of like when like so a lot of people like this is like a really like more pressured like analogy I'm analogy queen but um it's kind of like it would have been like it's it's so helpful to know people within the the LGBTQ movement um and area so they could explain like the preferences and the pronouns to make it widely acceptable mm-hmm. and i think like having both of those sets of classes there to explain how do you want to be preferred is so helpful to anybody and having those both of those like classes or just the analogy of the ideology and severity that the need for those classes are is going to do a lot more good to everybody in the world whether they enjoy it or not because if you are a doctor, you do sometimes have to have like your preferred pronouns and like not saying like you're gonna have to put your entire voter's ballot on your chest. Cause like some people are like, that's too much information, but it's really helpful. So you don't like purposefully or in purposefully accidentally say the wrong thing. Tangent again. No
2: mm-hmm. <laughs> and no, but I think that's a really good way of putting it because it does humanize it in a way. And I like I don't know, I think it's an interesting point to bring up, but like as you we were saying, Sierra, like in your community, like you didn't really like color wasn't really seen or addressed in that way. Mm-hmm. Like race wasn't growing up for you. And even in like your school, as you were saying, there weren't really labels in that way. Um But yeah, I think it's important to note that that's something that racism is learned. That is something that's learned, like kids do not, are not born racist. That is a behavior that's learned over time. And that's uh, because of a societal issue. So we can make change and we can do things to allow for people to hopefully one day unlearn things so that we can move forward. But yeah, I think it's important to note that we need to humanize it so that these behaviors don't like continue because they are learned. Um, Maybe one of the last questions we'll ask you guys then is in terms of allyship. For uh, B I P O C, what can people do to become a better ally for these communities, minority communities?
1: I think it starts with just being educated. Um, I feel like a lot of people, like now that like Black Lives, the Black Lives Matter movement is like being talked about and people are like posting about it and raising awareness, I feel like there are a lot of people who still are just like putting information or their opinion out there without having been educated about it or um having like and and like not being educated about it makes them sound like there there might be like hints of racism in there so like I feel like it starts with being educated and like asking questions to the like to the people who are part of that that minority like um for the Black uh, Black Lives Matter movement personally I've gotten like different questions from different people, different friends who just want to be educated before they speak out about something, which I think is better than just um, blindly like posting something. I feel like it starts with like being educated, being disciplined, and um, knowing that like, yes, you want to raise awareness, but do it the right way. So that's what I would say.
4: Yeah, I guess we'll build off of that. So educated is, I think, the only way we can really um, solve this issue because without knowing the history behind all of racism and racial p- and racial profiling would be just knowing what different racial groups have gone through. Um, because without that, it's just ignorance at that point, and people cannot know that they're being racist because they're just not educated on the issue. Um, and I think. Just like Shami was saying, ask questions and don't be afraid to, I guess, not know things because I think a lot of people don't ask questions because they don't know how to word it. But if you have a close friend um, that can answer that, go for it. Um, We have a friend who is very open and wants to learn um, about issues. And she goes, how would you say it? She goes about it. She goes about it very well I guess Um, she's constantly asking us questions about um, how this works or what to do in this situation and she is I guess like the perfect example of what people should be doing nowadays Um, just asking questions getting educated don't be afraid to ask those kind of taboo questions in a respectful way just so that you're able to know what to do in different situations
1: yeah I always tell um, people that like, it's, it's so much better to be like, to ask me, like, for example, for me as like a black person, it's better to ask me than to just assume. Um, I hate, I don't like people who just like assume that I'm a certain way because I'm black. So I feel like um, if you ask me, uh, even if it is like, maybe it might seem like obvious to me, or it's like Pella said, a taboo question, I feel like I'd be, I'd appreciate it so much more that you put in the effort to like educate yourself and ask the question instead of just assuming that because I'm this way or because of the color of my skin, I am this way. And I think that goes for any minority race.
3: We got to leave stereotypes at the door. Guys, let's leave them there. Let's leave them in the trash for all I care. Like people need to stop, you know, it has got to be nice. <laughs> ask the question, learn a little bit you know, care about somebody else other than, you know, what's going on in your head, because your head's not the only thing that matters in this world. Like, there's other heads, you know, like <laughs> <with> you. And <laughs> I think that's, like,
2: all of that's really important moving forward, especially, like, you guys just going into university soon. Um, Like, for me, those issues I was talking about with being stereotyped as Mexican and Dora, like, that even surprisingly to me transitioned into university when I thought that was left behind in high school like just this past year I was in my fourth year about and I just graduated and I had a club meeting and I had just cut my hair short from having it really long which is a uh, also a stereotype of being Latin like a female Latinx person um, is having like long hair um, and I just cut it short so just above my shoulder and. The first thing someone says when they come in is, oh, you look like Dora. And I was just like, you got to be kidding me. Um, And yeah, and it was interesting, too, because it came from someone that was part of this BIPOC community. So I was like, we need to be helping each other. We can't be stereotyping each other if we're both trying to follow the same path and achieve the same goal of anti-racism. So yeah, thank you very much for sharing your perspectives and everything on this. It's been very enlightening and hopeful for some of us who are (laughs) a little bit older
3: (laughs) than you guys. (laughs) I just want to apologize for all of the tangents that I had went on, Um, but being you guys being so young, I just hope that you can always look back to this and replay it and focus on your why and your how when you feel like you're about to be defeated because sometimes it's really hard (laughs) college is hard and how you feel like presenting yourself shouldn't be an issue because like I said guys we don't have time for that we don't have time for people that don't love you for you you know we really don't and Being able to bring, like, the justice – that's a kind of, like, a scary word, but it's okay. The justice to um, quitting stereotypes is going to be in your favor going into college and going in to start the rest of your life. That's, That's all I had to say. I'm sorry, guys. I'm, like, baffled at how hard this actually was.
2: You're doing great, Sarah. Um, mm-hmm. So I guess one of, the la- one of the last questions we'll ask you is, what do you want our listeners to take away from this episode? Um,
4: I think it was just that the whole just want to be educated. It's not going to happen unless you really want to become educated on all the topics. Um, I think for me personally, it's, or throughout my life I've experienced, people just, kind of assuming that I'm Mexican because as soon as you see someone with dark, sh- like straight hair and a little bit more tanned, it's Mexican. Um, so uh, I guess just kind of like in a respectful way, asking more about where people are from or how they view things is better than just assuming some something about someone or just assuming how they view something because that's how you see them. Uh, So really just want to be educated on different topics. And that's how the real change is going to happen.
1: I think for me, it would be that racism does happen in Canada and racial discrimination and racial profiling happens here. And um, it is a conversation that has to be had. um, And that means that like, it might be uncomfortable but like we we have to talk about it or else the issue won't be resolved and so like Paula said educating yourself reading the books watching the documentaries asking questions is the only way and like having those tough conversations is the only way that we can defeat racism in Canada and then around the world so I that's what i wanted to take away
3: thank you guys so much for coming on and um, for our listeners, if you ever wanted to come onto the show, just give us an email. Um, it's tagged. Find us on social media.
1: And did you guys want to share social medias? So I'm at Paula Figs on Instagram. And I'm at Shammy underscore Louie on Instagram.
3: I'm going to start crying. <laughs> I wish I was you guys. I wish I can go back in time to be a little worldly, a little more worldly. Um, but thanks guys for coming on.